Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Looking after your family's health can be tough, especially when it comes to their skin. Wouldn't it be great if there was a natural solution to help support their body's healing process for all these skin issues and worked as a sanitizer? Well, you're in luck. Active Skin Repair harnesses the power of the human body by replicating the same molecule your white blood cells produce to create a natural antimicrobial. It fights off foreign organisms like bacteria, fungi, and viruses and helps support your body's natural healing process of skin irritations. It's an all-in-one, three-ounce solution that can replace all those bulky, toxic first aid and sanitizing products like neosporin, burn creams, cortisol, and alcohol. In addition, unlike other plant-based balms, Active Skin Repair's hero ingredient, HOCL, is backed by years of scientific and clinical research using the same FDA-cleared medical-grade molecule used in hospitals worldwide. It's also produced in California in an ISO-certified clean room using a proprietary formulation to make sure you get the highest-grade product available. That's right, medical-grade technology that's natural and completely non-toxic. The Hero Molecule is innate to your immune system. Therefore, it's safe to spray around your eyes, ears, and mouth, and unlike alcohol or peroxide, it doesn't sting. If you want to try Active Skin Repair, use code JI20 for 20% off your order and free shipping at bldgactive.com. American basketball player James Taft-Fredette, famously known as Jimmer Fredette, currently plays for the Chinese Basketball Association franchise, Shanghai Sharks. He started playing for the BYU Cougars during his college days and became the NCAA Division I top scorer in his senior year. He then became the National Player of the Year in 2011. In his debut season at CBA, he became the top scorer of the league with 37.6 points per game, winning him the CBA International MVP Award in 2017. So welcome to the show, Jimmer. My family, my sons and I are huge fans of yours. We've been following you ever since the BYU days. I'm a BYU alumni. We have loved following you, and I am so excited to have you here on the show with me today. And more importantly, my kids are so excited to have you here on the show today. Yes, I am excited to be here with you today. I mean, I'm so uh, I love your page. I follow you on Instagram and I love all the tips that you give for, for healthy eating and, and just healthy things in general. So I, uh, I've been a big fan. And when you reached out, I said, okay, this would be great to come on the podcast. It's kind of a different angle from what I have spoken about before on other podcasts. Mostly it's just about my basketball. And I know that we're going to be talking about some healthy things here. So it should be fun. Well, and I love that you follow me when we started noticing that you were following me, my kids, like, they only read my post to see if you like on it, you know? And so they're always <laughs> like, mom, Jimmer followed that one. Jimmer liked that one. <laughs> That's but funny. I have to tell you, so I interview a lot of doctors and a lot of people involved in the health world. And I started asking my followers, like, who else would you like to hear from? Gave suggestions, you know, moms, celebrities, but they're like athletes. Like we want to hear from real professional athletes. Like, do they really look into nutrition and does that play a role in their, in their performance? And so anyways, yeah. when they were saying that, I was like, okay, I am going to see if Jimmer will come on here and answer those questions for us. So yeah, for Great. sure. So thank Happy you again. So first of all, tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself, your basketball journey, 
maybe even how you got started in playing basketball, things like that. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I started at a really young age playing basketball. Um, I, I have two older siblings. My brother is seven years older and my sister is nine years older. Uh, so because of that, I was always kind of just doing what they were doing, you know, and my brother and my, my sister were always, always playing sports. They were playing basketball, football, baseball, kickball, four square. They were playing everything. And I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, and as I got older, my brother really loved basketball. And that kind of just was something that I kind of gradually just gravitated towards. And that's what I really, really wanted to play. So ever since a young age, I wanted to, to play basketball. And my goal was to be a professional basketball player. And uh, as I grew older, I continued to, to get better and get better. And then was able to receive a scholarship to go play at Brigham Young University. Um, and that was an amazing experience. Um, had a great season, had a great career there. And, and then had uh, an opportunity to get drafted into the NBA, uh, number 10th overall for the Sacramento Kings. Um, so I played in the NBA for about five seasons. And then I kind of moved over to international basketball and I played in the Chinese Basketball Association for four years. And I also played in Europe and Athens, Greece in the Euro League for a year. So I've been playing professional basketball for 10 years now, which seems crazy for some of you that know me. Um, I'm 32 years old and everything. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy, but it's been a really great experience, a wild ride, and uh, I've enjoyed every second of it. That is a fulfilled experience, it sounds like. You've experienced it all. Yes, I've been all over the world and been to places I never thought I've been to before. And, uh, you know, basketball's taken me all over and, you know, I just can't complain. It's been great. That's awesome. Congrats to you for everything you have accomplished because you have done a lot. So thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Let's just delve right in. I just want to talk nutrition with a professional athlete, but let's start at a young age. So when you were a teenager, was nutrition a big focus of yours while you were training, maybe even like for high school basketball? You know, my, my parents were always pretty, uh, conscious of health. That's something that that's something that they were definitely grew up with. Uh, my mom, her side of the family are all coaches and kind of gym teachers and fitness teachers. Um, so because of that, you know, I kind of was ingrained with the healthy lifestyle right away. Um, now I, it didn't mean that I was like perfectly healthy or anything like that. Of course I had my treats. I had my ice cream. I had all of my, all of the things, but my mom tried to, to try to limit it. And, uh, and I tried to eat good amount of protein and try to get in, you know, some, some good carbs and, and things like that before games. And, and I was a little bit more health conscious than maybe some of my friends were. Um, so that was definitely something that I was aware of. Um, but, and as I continue to grow older, obviously I've gotten more and more aware of it, but my parents definitely did a good job of at least introducing some type of healthy lifestyle to me. Oh, good for them. So then when you moved into college, because I have two college kids and I know what some of those college students eat and they eat terribly. I shouldn't judge them like that. I'm not judging, but (laughs) they love to just skip breakfast and maybe have cereal for lunch if they're lucky and something frozen for dinner. So were you concerned about what you were eating or did you watch what you were eating as a college student playing college ball? Yeah, I always, I always wanted to. Um, but I will be honest, there are definitely times where I was not able to. I mean, it's kind of interesting because in college, um, you know, when I got there as a freshman, uh, you, they give you a meal card and the meal card you can only use at the Cannon Center and then at the Wilkinson Center, which are the two places you can eat at BYU. Um, and for me, I was as obviously being an athlete and I was going to school in the morning 
Um, and then right afterwards, we usually had practice kind of right after my classes. So a lot of times it was difficult for me to be able to get from class and then get back to the Cannon Center or the Wilkinson Center to eat like a good meal and then come back to practice. There just wasn't enough time to be able to do that. I didn't have a car, didn't have any of that. I didn't have any money. So I had to use the can. I had to use the car. I couldn't go somewhere and eat. Um, so I was, you know, trying to just eat anything I possibly could to just to try to fill myself up. And then once I had an opportunity to actually to actually sit down and eat, I would definitely choose to, to eat healthy. I would try to eat as best as I could. I try to get my veggies in. I love salads. I love vegetables and those types of things. Um, I try to do that on the opportunities where I knew that I was going to be able to sit down and get a good meal in. So it was, it definitely was on my mind, but there were times where I had to just pick up fast food or stuff like that, just so that I could put something in my stomach so that I could go through the workout. And it definitely wasn't the best, but as I grew, as I got older in college, um, like my junior and senior year, I was able to have an apartment. I finally got a car. I was able to get some groceries. Um, I had a, 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 a roommate, Charles Buo, who was on the basketball team, who was one of my favorite uh, people of all time. He was super healthy conscious. So he was always eating good things, eating good food. He was a good cook. So I would eat with him and, and those different types of things. So as I you know, was able to, I tried to eat healthier, but um, I definitely wasn't probably like the perfect example, but I tried to do the best I could. Oh, that's good to know. And that's good to hear real life that you had fast food and things like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I know a lot of athletes know that now, see, now it's really nice because now they have what's called training table in, in college, in the universities. So they have food available for the student athletes all the time in their practice facilities. When I was there, we didn't have a practice facility. Um, so we didn't have a train and they didn't have a training table. So we didn't have food available to us all the time. We were just spending for ourselves until like the day before the game, they would give us meal right before the game and that type of thing. But when you, but now they have food available all the time and they always have the, all these healthy snacks and healthy, good things that they are have that are available to them. So I wish I had that back then I would have been perfectly fine, but now, uh, you know, it would just, you just did what you could possibly back then. So I had, a, I know my, my teammates, a lot of them just went to Arby's and got food and came back and went to eat it before, <laughs> you know, practice and, and uh, some of them were more health conscious than others, but uh, yeah, it's just the way it works. That's interesting that they've switched that now. Back yes. when you were at college, did the coaches try to tell you guys to eat healthy or it wasn't a concern for them? Yeah, I mean, it was a concern for our strength and conditioning coach. And it wasn't as much of a concern as our as our college coach, like our, our uh, coach Rose. Right. It was funny because coach Rose, I mean, he's such a great guy and his wife was amazing. And uh, any time that we won a game, she would bring in these snickerdoodle cookies and she would give us just bags of snickerdoodles after the, <laughs> after the games. And we all loved them, of course. So right. he was probably not quite as health conscious, but our strength and conditioning coach was always like, you need to, you know, we need you to get protein. We need you to get your, you know, your, your, your carbs in, you know, so that you have enough energy to work these games. Um, so they were, he was more health conscious. So, you know, I tried to listen to him as best I could. So what about now playing professionally? Is it different? Are the coaches concerned about what you guys eat or again, not yes. so much so? Definitely. So now when I got into the NBA, um, you know, there's a whole staff of people that are about, um, you know, nutrition, strength and conditioning, um, you know, health exercise, mental and physical health exercise, um, all of these things. Um, and they have a complete staff full of these people. 
Um, so they're very, very health conscious. Obviously they're taking your body fat all the time to make sure that you're, you know, making sure that you're on weight of what they think you should be. Um, you're doing a lifting regimen, you're doing a conditioning regimen, you're practicing, they're giving you meals after every practice, uh, before every game, after every game. Um, you know, they're, they have a nutritionist. So if they think you need it, you can talk to the nutritionist and they'll provide meals for you or exactly what you need. Um, so, I mean, they're very, very health conscious, um, in the NBA, especially now, even more so, even when I got there, it's up to level, um, in today's day and age. Um, so that's something that is, uh, as high on their priority, obviously the health of the player is the number one priority. If they can play, then they're going to be able to produce. If they can't get on the court cause they're not healthy, then they're not going to be able to produce. So that's huge for them. And, uh, what type of energy that you're putting into your body is something that they're super conscious about. I love hearing that because there's so many out in the world that are like, it doesn't matter what you feed yourself. You can eat whatever you yep. want. You know, it's a calorie is a calorie. But to hear right. that, look, you guys on the professional field, teams are really concerned about what they're eating and fueling their bodies with and how they take care yep. of themselves. So I love yep. hearing that. So I'm curious to know what you actually eat in a typical day. Does it differ on game days versus, or I should say, does it differ off season versus in season? Not too much. Um, a, a little bit. Um, my off season now, I, a lot of times during the season, especially internationally, the last four, four or five years when I've been playing internationally, especially in China, usually I come back a lot skinnier and I've lost weight um, just because the food is a little bit different over there. There's, you know, it, it's, you know, when you're on the road, there's not a whole lot of options to eat. It's basically rice, broccoli and eggs are basically what you're eating in some of these hotels. Um, so it's, for me, it's still, that's pretty healthy, but you're not eating a lot of it, you know? Right. So I'm losing some weight when I'm playing, especially because I play so much. So when I get back, I definitely am conscious of trying to put back on that weight and back on that muscle. Whereas in the season, I'm more trying to, to maintain. Um, so when I was in the NBA, I was able to do that a lot easier because like I said, like I said, they're providing really good meals for you all the time, whether you're on the road or not. Um, so, but yeah, during the season, um, especially on game day, I like to have a good breakfast to make sure I get like some good protein. I always have like an eggs or eggs or an omelet, some sort, and then I love smoothies. So I always have either a green or a regular fruit smoothie that I usually make myself or my wife makes, and she's, you know, great at making them, um, very healthy, you know, uh, spinach and peanut butter and bananas and avocados and those types of things in the smoothie. Um, and then, you know, like I said, the, the omelet or Greek yogurt, you know, with granola, something like that to try to, you know, get my, my good protein in the morning. And then I usually kind of eat a little bit after our shoot around, just kind of like a little, uh, almost like a little snack, um, not anything too crazy, maybe a chicken salad or something like that. And then at like three or so before the game, because game is right during dinner time. Most of the time, you know, you're there from like four to 10 o'clock at night. So from that window, you're not really eating. So you kind of got to eat right before you go. And usually I'll eat some type of like chicken and, and pasta or chicken and rice or something like that with some green vegetables to try to, you know, get my, my carbs in there, some, some good carbs and some good protein before I get to the game set. Because once I get there at four and I have to play at seven, I have to have it sustaining me throughout that whole period. Um, so during a regular off season day, um, you know, same thing for the morning breakfast, then I go work out in the morning. Then afterwards, I always have a protein shake at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I'll have lunch at like 1130 or 12. 
Um, and that'll be some type of, you know, again, fish or chicken salad or something like that. Then every day, pretty much at three o'clock, I have an apple with peanut butter. It's like my favorite snack. Love it. And my kids love it. So I try to get them to eat it too. And then I'll have dinner again at like five, five thirty, and that'll be some type of, you know, whatever we're having, whether it's steak or pasta or chicken or seafood, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I do for, for daily um, eating. Okay. I have a couple questions for you. So do yeah. professional athletes, do they actually count either calories or macros or they don't count any of that stuff? Some, some do and some don't, it just kind of depends on like their weight status. So um, if you're trying to gain weight, they want, they want you to count your calories because they want to see how much you're actually eating. And the same thing, if you're trying to lose weight, they're, they're want to make sure that you're eating, you know, your portion controlling and you know, what you're eating on, on a daily basis, everyone else in between, they don't necessarily aren't as strict of counting the macros or anything like that. They're just saying, Hey, eat your healthy meals. You know, we're not worried about you. You seem like you have your regimen down. Um, you know, you talk about it with the nutritionist and they kind of go through it, but then they kind of leave it on your own to be able to do it. As long as you're making your weight and you're feeling good, um, and everything, then they're kind of going to let you kind of do what you want to do. Um, me necessarily, I, I have counted before, um, you know, like, like when I got back this summer, I wanted to gain weight. So I was really, uh, heavily conscious of how many calories I was, you know, putting into my body. Cause I do work out hard. So I have to eat a lot in order to make sure that I'm getting over that, that uh, amount of calories that I burned that day. So I'm trying to eat a lot. And that's kind of why I eat like those protein shakes and those, you know, snacks kind of in between meals to try to keep my weight up. Well, that's what I was thinking is I know you work out a ton and hearing your meal for the day, I was like, uh, that doesn't sound like enough food for you. <laughs> so Yeah. I mean, I'm eating quite a bit, like during those meals, I'm eating quite a bit. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, I obviously I have a good you know, balance between things, but you know, that's kind of general of what I'm eating, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely eating quite a, quite a bit of food. Cause I have been able to put my weight back on. I probably put about almost 10 pounds back on this summer. Um, luckily. So I, I, I kind of have that regimen and now I'm at the point where I want to just maintain it. I don't want to necessarily eat over to eat too much or eat too little. I'm kind of just at a point where I'm feeling good and I just want to maintain that weight. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely like during the meals, I'll have quite a bit of all that stuff. <laughs> so it sounds like from those meals that you eat a lot of whole foods. Yeah. Versus packaged processed foods. 100%. 100%. I don't eat a whole lot of packaged or processed food. Why is that? Does it make you feel good or? Yeah, I just, for me, I just feel like it's healthier. I, I, I definitely notice a difference when I'm eating healthy and when I'm not eating healthy. Um, and the, for me, the, the whole foods just make me feel, I just feel like it makes me feel better. Just whether it's mental or not, I don't know, but it does make me feel better. Um, I just feel like I have more energy, especially cause I work out pretty early in the morning. I usually work out like seven or seven fifteen in the morning. Um, and I get right into it, my basketball routine. Um, so if I don't, if I had eaten really poorly the night before, I kind of feel a little bit heavy that morning. Um, you know, whereas if I ate, ate properly and ate pretty well that morning, usually I wake up a little bit more energy and if I have something good that morning. So, um, so I definitely feel that way, but I, you know, the processed foods for me, I try to stay away as much as I can, just because I know that there's a lot more sodium or a lot more sugar or a lot more of those types of things. 
And like I said, I'm trying to make, uh, you know, I'm trying to put in healthy foods into my body. And then also I want to make sure that my body fat continues to stay as low as it possibly can. So I can uh, be as quick and agile as I possibly can um, when I'm moving on the court. So that must mean a lot of protein that you're taking in to gain that muscle. Yeah. Lots of protein, lots of protein. Uh, like I said, I mean, I'm having proteins in the mornings with however many my omelets, usually I'm going to have two to three eggs in the omelet. Plus I have, you know, my Greek yogurt inside my, inside my shake. I mean, I'm having a lot of protein in the morning and then I, and then I drink my protein shake right after my workouts, which is another, you know, 30, at least 30 grams of protein. And then I'm eating some more chicken and fish or whatever it is for lunch. So, I mean, in the the morning, I probably getting over a hundred grams of protein just in from like 7am to 12 you know, right. PM, you know, I'm right. getting a lot of protein in that time. And then obviously continue to do that later on in the day, but definitely, uh, um, if conscious in my protein intake, that's something for me I, to build muscle and to keep that muscle on, you need to have a lot of protein. So would you say that most professional athletes eat a lot of whole foods rather than the package processed foods or are you an, an anomaly yeah. in all of this? No, <clears throat> definitely. I, I would say most people are, are going that route now. Um, you know, they're very much more health conscious now than they were in the NBA or professional athletes in general. Um, just because like I said, they're putting a lot of money and emphasis into it from the teams. They see the benefits for it. So because of that, they are really, really putting a lot of emphasis on that. So they're eating mostly whole foods. They're not eating a lot of processed stuff. I mean, every once in a while, obviously, um, the guys are, you're getting something, whatever it is, but most of the time they're eating pretty healthy and, uh, that's intentional. And the guys see the benefits from it, from energy and a body standpoint, but also longevity of their careers. You can see a lot of professional athletes now are playing into their late thirties and even early forties at a really high level. Whereas before they weren't doing that because they weren't doing the nutrition and the exercise and the weight strength training and all of these things to kind of help them prevent injury, um, and to elongate their career. So a lot of these guys are, you know, still really healthy and playing at a high level late into their thirties and early forties. And that's not something we've seen before. That's fascinating. So eating nutritiously just isn't affecting the performance. It's also affecting the longevity of the game. Yeah, no, for sure. I think having a, you know, I mean, there's some really important things, obviously eating healthy is extremely important. Getting enough sleep is extremely important. Uh, lifting those types of things to keep your joints strong and keep your muscles strong is extremely important. So all of those things together are more emphasis for these guys and rest is a huge thing. So, I mean, all of those things are making it so that guys are able to play longer and keep their uh, prime longer in uh, later in their lives. I love how this nutrition trend is becoming really um, important in the professional sports. I hope that this will trickle down all the way down to high school. Do you think yeah. high school teams will start implementing some of this or not necessarily? I think, I think some do. I know that there are definitely some that do. The problem in high school is that it's, it's all basically um, money driven. The problem is, is that a lot of the high schools, like my high school couldn't afford a nutritionist true, or anything true. like that, you know? So that's the, the biggest problem with it. And the coach doesn't really have a background in that necessarily, but I think that it's important for the kids, for obviously the parents. And obviously if they have someone that's, that's close to them to try to preach, you know, that nutrition at a young age, I know there's a ton of professional athletes out there that said, I wish I started this at a younger age. 
Um, you know, so they, they say it would help their career out and, and help them, you know, move further in their career and have a longer career. So I think that that's a thing, but there are a lot of high schools out there that can't afford it and they do have nutritionists or they have someone that's a specialist in that, that's trying to at least preach that to them um, while they're in their weight room or, you know, playing basketball or whatever it is. And uh, so I think that that's, that's definitely something that, that needs to improve. Um, but it may be more of on the parents than necessarily the coaches because they're just not, you know, necessarily proficient in it in right. some of these places. That makes so, sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, do you ever let yourself have a treat? I don't know, like a cheat. <laughs> yeah. Do you cheat off oh, of yeah. this? <laughs> For sure. I definitely do. I, 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 I am not necessarily uh, one of those people that are just, I, I did it all a non sugar diet before for like three to four months. And I was probably the most, probably the most miserable person to be around <laughs> in my entire life. You know what I mean? Like people were probably like, all right, you know, I just eat a candy bar or something and, and do oh, that. But, so I, I'm very much in the, in the, the, the way of, I like to eat like 90% of the time I eat as healthy as I possibly can. And then the next 10, the other 10%, I kind of let myself eat what I want to eat. And I think when you eat what you want to eat, the biggest part about it is portion control is to make sure that you're just eating some of it. You don't have to necessarily go out and just splurge, you know, and just eat a ton uh, on one given night or anything like that. I'm not necessarily a cheat meal guy. I'm just like, if I want something, I'm going to have it. Like my family is going out for ice cream and my kids are getting in, I'll have an ice cream with them. And that's what I'll eat for that day. But I know if I know I'm going to go out for ice cream, that the whole rest of the day is completely healthy. You know, I eat as, as good as I possibly can. So I can give myself a little bit at, at night so I can do it with my family. But, um, you know, so for me, it's about the portion control, but, uh, you know, and having a lot of things in moderation. Um, so I'm not strictly, you know, not eating any type of sugar or anything like that. Um, it's more, you know, how I'm feeling and how I, you know, I've been doing this a long enough time that I can kind of understand if I'm going overboard or if I'm not going overboard. And uh, so that's the big thing for me is just, uh, you know, let yourself have some that I'm okay with that for me personally, it works for me. Um, but you know, for some people it's different and, uh, but I definitely try to do like a 90, 10 type of rule. I love that you say that because you do have to live also. If your kids are going to go have ice cream, you want to go to and enjoy a little treat. And I always tell yep. people the one little treat is not the problem. It's when it's ice cream right. every single day or ice cream right. for breakfast every single day. You know, that's when right. the problems occur. So exactly. That's, that's how I feel too. It's, it's, you know, it, I think it's okay. I think your body gets a little shocked when you have some of that stuff, if you're eating healthy most of the time. And sometimes it's, you know, it gives it a little, little jolt that it needs, you know, to get back into the healthy, the healthy situation that you want to be in. You just don't want to get into a habit of eating that all the time because then you crave it so much, you know, when you don't have it, you may have, you know, some type of withdrawal or something like that, where I don't want to get to that point. Right. Um, but I'm definitely going to allow myself to, to have a little bit. Has there ever been a time that you maybe haven't eaten so great, like before a game and you felt the difference in your performance or not necessarily? Yeah. I mean, I would say more towards um, my workout regimen like in the, in the, in the off season. So just for example, like if I go on vacation uh, with my family and it's, you know, right after the season, you know, you get back in April and we're going on vacation at the end of April or beginning of May. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to let myself live a little bit and I'm going to go out and I'm going to have some stuff. 
and I go have an ice cream, I have, you know, cookies or whatever. And I'm just, you know, eating more during that time period. Cause I just had had a long off season, long season. I'm like, all right, I need to do this before I get back into my regimen. I do. When I get back in those first couple of days, when I'm starting to work out again, you just are like, all right, I, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't feel great. I'm, you know, I'm like, I have, I have less energy. And then once I get back into my regimen, then I'm like, okay, now I'm feeling good again. I'm back into it. So I kind of feel like that on a day-to-day basis games. Um, it's hard to tell during games because you're so amped up, right? You know, you have so much adrenaline that basically you can kind of play almost the same way, no matter what, but you feel it during your workout regimen. And that's, that's what I try to stress to people. You may not feel it on like a day-to-day basis, but over the long part, long, long, uh, long uh, haul of your career, you're going to start feeling it, especially once you get into your thirties, all of a sudden you're going to start feeling these things when you're working out, just not going to have the energy you used to have. And because of that, you're not going to be able to work out as hard as you need to, to be in that tip top shape. So that's where you're going to start feeling it. So that's why it's been even more of an emphasis as I've gotten, you know, later on in my career. Okay. So talking about your kids, I'm dying to know, do they eat what you eat? I mean, does the family all eat the healthy gymmer stuff? (laughs) I wish I could say they did, but not always. Um, My, my little girl, my little girl's four and she is now starting to kind of like what we eat. That's what she eats. You know, she's like, all right, we're, we'll give her whatever we have for meal. No, this is what you get for the meal. Like you're old enough. You can sit down, you can eat. And she's starting to enjoy all that type of food. She likes, she likes chicken. She likes, the, she likes all the meats now. Um, you know, the vegetables, we're trying to give her some of those and she's trying, you know, she's getting better with those. She likes red peppers and carrots and, you know, these types of things. Um, and like I said, they love apples and peanut butter. My two-year-old's a a completely different story. It's a lot more difficult. Um, He is a wild card. Uh, He's all over the place. And he, um, but the one thing that we do get for him in the mornings, that's really, really great is we all, he always drinks the smoothies every time, every smoothie. And that always has like, like I said, spinach and avocados and bananas and those types of things. And he can't really taste it. So because of that, he gets all of that nutrients in the morning, which has been really, really helpful. Um, because throughout the day we try to give them, you know, all the things that we give them. And most of the time he's just like, uh, uh-uh, I'm not touching that. I don't want that at all. You know, and he's at the age where he, it's hard to explain to him, you know what I mean? Right. He doesn't really get right. it. Um, so we're trying to get as much, but he loves apples and he loves bananas and that type of stuff. So we're trying to feed him that as much as we can and yogurt, those types of things. But then he's, you know, he's always having, you know, his chips and, you know, all those different types of things because he's, you know, that's what he'll eat, you know? So I'm like trying to get him some calories while I can, but my little four-year-old is definitely getting to the point where she's like, okay, I really like food now and I can eat what I want to eat. I love that you are at least giving the kids so the whole foods and that they're being introduced to the whole foods and two-year-olds are picky. Lots of kids yeah. are picky though with their eating. Oh, for sure. And we understand that. And we, you know, we, we off, we always offer them what we eat every single time We're, we, we put it in front of them every time, uh, no matter what it is, you know, we, we know he's probably not going to try it, but we're like, we don't care. We're going to put it in front of them and we're going to try to get them to try to get them to eat it. And, uh, every once in a while he'll try something and he probably he just, you know, he's just like, I don't want that, you know, most of the time. Right. But my, like I said, my little girl, we put everything that we eat in front of her and most of the time she eats it now. And, uh, so it's just about offering it to them, presenting it to them. I think that's our job to be able to do that. And if they want to eat, they're going to eat. If they don't want to eat, they're, they're not going to eat. But one thing we try to do is like, 
we try to say, all right, this is what we're having for lunch. You know, you offer it to them. And if you don't want to eat it, that's okay. But we're not going to just go out and eat marshmallows, you know, right. all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like this is what you have and you know, this is what we want you to eat. And then, you know, obviously we'll give them some other, some snacks and stuff like that, of course. But, uh, but we try to do the best that we can like that, but it's, you know, yeah, kids are picky. Like you said, they are, but I love that you're consistent. Like that's what I tell people all the time. Just be consistent with what you're offering them. Cause if right. you continuously offer them whole foods, that's what eventually they're going to learn to like. If you consistently right. offer the ice cream, right. the cookies, the whatever, right. that's what they're going to learn to like. So yeah. And eventually it pays off. Yeah, no, it makes total sense too. Like I said, with my, my, I mean, they definitely love their ice cream, their cookies, all that stuff. But they, my, my little girl, like I said, she's grown into really liking food and she eats what we eat. So I'm like, yeah, it definitely works. I mean, I, because she was picky too. When she was two, she was the same way as my, my little boy. You know, she didn't want to eat any of that stuff. And then we just kept offering it. And then by four, now she's eating all of that stuff. So it's, it's been good. I, I definitely, uh, I definitely get that. That's awesome. Okay. You've just talked about your kids eating healthy. So now I'm so curious to know, does your wife do the cooking or are you the cook? Yeah. Um, we kind of do a tag team. We kind of both do it. We actually both really enjoy cooking. Um, we have a bunch of different cookbooks that we use. We have some staples that we go down. She's better, you know, she's the better cook. She's definitely the better cook. I do the grilling most of the time. I do a lot of the grilling and then I try to help. I, I'm good at chopping things, those different types of stuff to try to help. Um, and, you know, but we put some good meals together. Um, but yeah, she's a great cook, but she's an even better baker. And that's really dangerous for me. <laughs> Obviously she's, she's, ba- she's amazing cookies, brownies, um, any type of stuff. She makes homemade ice cream. I mean, she can make pretty much everything her and her, and her mom and they do, they make it a lot. And uh, so that's always dangerous for me, but, uh, I try to, to, to stay away or just take a little bit and try it. And uh, the kids love it though. But yeah, we do a lot of cooking together. Um, you know, so we try to, to cook most nights. I love that you guys tag team it. That's usually the oh, case yeah. in my house too. Yeah, we love it. It's fun. It's fun. Okay. So now I want to talk about a few other parts of health because nutrition and what we eat plays a huge part of it, but there's other things like stress, sleep, emotions, things like that. So how do you deal with stress as an athlete? Because stress can cause havoc on the body. So as a professional athlete, I know there's the physical stress and the emotional stress. How do you deal with that? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, um, you know, for me, you just got to try to, uh, you got to try to compartmentalize things the best that you possibly can, especially with a family, um, with kids and a wife and everything when you come home. Uh, cause basketball can be stressful. there will be times where, you know, things aren't going well, they're not going in your way. I've had that happen in my career and uh, it's very stressful. You know, you get on the court and you're not playing as well as you want to, or you're not playing as much as you want to, or the locker room isn't as, as fun as you want it to be. Um, you know, and then you come home and you're just not in a good mood. And the, the thing for me is I've tried to really leave all of that stuff the best that I can in the locker room and in the gym. So when I leave, um, you know, I'm just dad, you know, I'm just Jimmer again. And I try to do that the best I can. It's not easy. It's not easy to do, but like when I see my kids, I realize that they're the most important thing. My family is the most important thing. And I try to have that type of perspective. And if I, when I do that and I kind of just let myself be me, 
um, it kind of helps, um, you know, just relieve the stress. Um, and then later on, once the kids go to bed, usually I vent to my kid, vent to my wife, Whitney. So she's heard a lot about it. Um, but I think that's healthy to be able right. to talk things through, um, with someone that you love, with someone that you trust. So it was important for me to be able to talk things through. So Whitney's been amazing for me to be able to do that. Um, so I think that that's a great stress reliever, be able to, to really put your emotions out there and have someone you trust to talk to. Um, but also at the same time, um, you know, it's, it, it's definitely something that I continue to, to work on. You know what I mean? It's not like I have a, a, a secret formula or anything like that, that I can just say, Hey, this is going to work every single time. It's kind of just, um, you know, I try to, you know, be the best person that I can be and try to, you know, focus on things that really make me happy. And, uh, when I have difficult times, um, so, and then it kind of relieves that stress and then, you know, that tomorrow's a new day and you try to get back at it and try to, you know, reverse that situation the best you can. So I love that you have your wife to be a sounding board too, because that is really yeah. important. That helps with the emotional stress for the yeah. physical stress. I know you touched upon this a little bit. Does rest yeah. play a big role in this? And what do you do for rest? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, rest is, is, is huge. Um, it's, it's gotten more important, um, to professional athletes in the last five years, even so, I mean, you'll see professional athletes that sit out games because they need to rest. They won't even play in games, you know? So, I mean, it's gotten to that point because they understand that the body needs that rest, especially at that high of a level when you're playing that many games and practice and putting that much stress on your joints and your body, it's important to rest. So for me, sleep is, Number one, to be able to, I need at least, you know, seven and a half hours of sleep. Um, and I usually get that. I'm a good sleeper. Fortunately, um, you know, usually when I'm out, I'm out and I'm pretty good. So I usually get about seven and a half, eight hours of sleep every night. I go to bed between nine 30 and 10 and wake up between, you know, six, six fifteen, somewhere in that area usually. Um, and you know, get, get my hours in and my kids are, you know, up and ready to go as well at that time. Um, so that's huge for me, but also, you know, for me, like once I'm done practicing, I try not to like do a whole lot of running or anything like that outside of, you know, my actual training regimen. Now, obviously if my kids want to play and that type of thing, I'm going to do that obviously with them. And there's situations where I'll be running and playing with them. I'm going to do that all day, throw them on the couch, whatever it is, right. have fun with them. Right. Um, but also I'm not going to just, uh, you know, for me, like once I'm done working out, that's it for the day. No more workouts. You know what I mean? I'm not just going to go out and just randomly play another pickup basketball. Cause it's not just, it's not good for my joints. It's not good for the stress on my body. So it's really important to have a regimen and stick to it. And then, you know, do my foam rolling, doing my stretching, doing my, you know, my cold baths, my ice, my ice baths and things like that, that are going to help with my recovery as well. Um, so I do all of those different types of things to try to, you know, keep myself in the best shape I can. So those recovery techniques will help with both the physical and emotional stress. Definitely. I think so. I think it'll help with both. I mean, it just kind of relaxes you, you know what I mean? Like I, I definitely, you know, I, I, during season and stuff like that, they have um, um, masseuses that come in uh, to, to massage us, you know, those different types of things. So I get a lot of those, just kind of the sports massages kind of roll the knots out kind of get that act, um, uh, the lactic acid out, that type of stuff. Um, so I do a lot of that. They have all sorts of things in the NBA with the cryo chamber that I've done with the, it's where it's super cold, like negative 200 degrees cold. And you get in that for like a couple minutes. Uh, they have 
all different sorts of things that you can try and do. And, you know, so we're, we've been through all of it and it's, uh, it's, it's good. It makes you feel better for sure. I'm curious about your ice cold baths. Do you do those often? <laughs> During season, I do a lot of ice cold baths. Um, in the off season, I don't have one at my house, but I sometimes have a make, I make my makeshift ones. Uh-huh. Um, I just uh, throw it in my bathtub, you know, fill it up with cold water and then dump buckets of ice in it. And then I'll just sit in it for, you know, five minutes or so, whatever it is. Um, so I, I don't mind them. They're not, they're cold, but you kind of, kind of got it used to them and they definitely make you like feel rejuvenated and better afterwards. Um, just, you know, it just kind of just rushes all that blood black to your back to your, um, you know, your legs and everything. And it kind of just gets them going again. So it's, I do it when I'm really, really tired or really sore. I'll definitely do it at home, but during the season, I do it a lot more just kind of on a routine basis. Well, they're very trendy on social media right now. Like you'll see all these different people doing them and I haven't gotten the courage to jump into one yet. So yeah, (laughs) maybe I'll need to try it. Yeah, no, you got to brace yourself, especially for the first time, because it's cold, like it's super cold. So there's some people that jump in. There's some people that kind of, you know, walk down the steps and kind of edge their way in. I'm kind of like a middle. I kind of just like walk down the steps like at a normal (laughs) pace and try to just, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll just just get in. And then once you're in for a couple minutes, you got to put stuff on your feet because your feet will like freeze. You know, you got to make sure that you, you know, you're you're not in it too long, but uh, it's, it's good. Good for recovery. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I have a question about recovery, but really this actually applies to your nutrition as well. So I should have asked it then. Do you take certain supplements or does the professional community suggest supplements for recovery or for your just general health? Yeah. A lot of teams will provide a multivitamin for you. Um, So I usually will take some type of multivitamin. It's always different for each team. It kind of just depends on who they're sponsored by. Um, so I, there's not one specific one that I necessarily take all the time, but just a general multivitamin. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously take protein, um, what sometimes like they have protein mix that we put in our shakes. Um, and then I've taken uh, creatine as well, um, during different parts of my career, I'm taking it currently because like I said, I wanted to kind of build that strength back up and kind of that muscle back up. So a lot of athletes will take that to keep their muscle mass on. Um, and then, um, other than that, I don't really take a whole lot. I kind of take the multivitamin, the protein and the creatine. That's basically like my three things that I take. There are some people that take a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, they take pre-workout or post-workout or, you know, all these things kind of in between. Um, but I kind of, I'm more of like, I like to get my energy and my stuff from my actual eating. I really like to, to get my energy from my fruits and my vegetables and, and my pro and all these different things. Um, I don't necessarily love to just, you know, take a bunch of supplements. I don't know. That's just kind of how my family was growing up. And, you know, so I would just kind of like the natural take of it better for, for me, but I do have those three things that I do take. I love that because food can be really nourishing to the body and yep. give you what you need. And so you've learned to get it from your food, which is awesome. Yep. So yep. I actually yep. wish all of America would just eat how professional athletes eat because <laughs> we'd all be healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. I think so. I think most of us are do really well. There's, there's obviously some out there that don't do as well. Um, and they, they can, de- you can definitely, they can definitely feel it. Like you said, but most of us do a pretty good job. It's, it's, it's really been a big emphasis the last five years specifically to really get on this, this health train. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish too, I wish everyone would, 
And I think it would be a, a much healthier, healthier America, a much healthier world if everyone ate healthy. I think not even just physically, mentally, they'd feel really, really uh, better too. I think that's a huge part of it. Right. Yeah. They're definitely tied together. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I've talked about health with you, but now I want to talk about some of these emotional things like successes and trials that you've had, because you've had a lot of amazing successes in your career. But I also know from watching you that you've also had a lot of trials in your basketball career. Let's start with a positive. What's one of your successes that you're most proud of? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's been, there's been a lot of great things. I mean, I think one of the, the biggest things for me is when I was able to win national player of the year in, at BYU in college, that was, uh, you know, there's not many people that can say that they have been able to do that. And uh, so that's a great honor to be able to have and just a, an amazing accomplishment. So something that I'll look back on and be like, wow, that was, that was really, really cool. You know, that was an amazing time. And everyone that shared that with me at BYU and all the fans across the country and not frankly across the world that reached out to, to be able to, to experience that was something that was really, really special that, um, you know, I'll never forget, but, you know, my professional career being able to, to get drafted, you know, lottery in the NBA, um, was, is something that I wanted to do ever since I was a young kid. So that was a dream come true, uh, to be able to step on an NBA floor, um, and then being able to win the MVP over in the Chinese league in a professional league that I knew nothing about going over right away. And then to be able to kind of, you know, kind of blow up like I did in China, like I did at BYU, it was kind of like that same sense um, where people were really, really gravitating toward the city of Shanghai, just, you know, embraced our family and our team and everything. And uh, that was, that was really special to be able to do that in another part of the world that, you know, is a way bigger basketball um heavy um country than even our country there's more basketball fans in china than there is people in our country and uh so i mean that was a really cool experience to be able to do that has been really fun to watch just to see how they have loved your family and how it's yeah. it's like jimmermania all over again except <laughs> they've got a chinese word for you that uh yeah jimo dashen jimo dashen means the lonely master that's the nickname they gave to me um, yep. it came from like jimmer it kind of sounds like Jimo, so they can't really say Jimmer. You know, they can't pronounce that that well in, in China. So they say Jimo, Jimo, and Jimo means lonely in China, but it means like a different type of lonely. It doesn't mean like you're just, you know, by yourself all the time, just hanging, like not doing anything. It's more of like you're so good at something that you're on the top of a mountain. So it's when you get up there, it's so lonely. Oh, so I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of a cool meeting. I was like, I'll take that all day, every day. And then they just put Jimo Dash in. So the Lonely Master is what I'm known as. And it's a really cool nickname and it's stuck. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it from them. Well, my boys always call you that nickname because they know that. And it's funny that's when funny. I try to say it, they always are like, don't say it, mom. Just don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> so they funny. told me not to say it on the podcast. They're like, don't oh, say it. Right. <laughs> uh, so funny. Well, no, that's been really fun to watch them just love you. And like I said, it's like a repeat of the BYU years when we all just loved watching yeah, you. So sure. those are awesome successes. Congrats to you on all of those. What would you say is one of your hardest basketball trials you've had to go through? Yeah, there's two that stick out into my mind. Um, you know, obviously after my BYU days, um, you know, I was on top of the world. Things were going amazingly well. It was a perfect season. I had so much fun. It was great. And then I got drafted into the NBA. And it was, that was amazing as well, obviously. But then once I got into the season, um, you know, I was, I was doing okay. My first couple of weeks playing pretty well. And 
and the coach was there that drafted me and, and everything was, was going pretty well. But two weeks into that season, he got fired. Um, my, my coach got fired and an interim head coach came in um, to, to coach the team. And for some reason or another, that interim head coach decided that, you know, he just wasn't going to just play me. He had other guys that he wanted to play. Um, so right then and there, I kind of just stopped playing. Um, and I kind of, you know, at one game, there would be two games where I wouldn't play at all. And then I'd play the next game for a couple minutes. And then it would kind of just go in cycles like that. And that was really, really difficult for me uh, from an athletic standpoint and a mental standpoint. You know, I had just been on the top of the top. And then all of a sudden I had sat on the bench and I didn't play at all for multiple games in a row. And that had never happened to me before at any level. So I was trying to, to figure out how to stay positive and how to improve and how to get better and how to keep my confidence at a high level so that if I did get a chance to play that I'd still be ready to play. Um, but like I said, I hadn't been through that situation before. So mentally it was, it was very, very difficult to get to a place where, you know, I could still feel like I was, you know, that kid at BYU, um, you know, that confidence level. So for me, you know, that was a difficult situation. And then um, also another situation is, was my fourth year in the league. Um, I went to a training camp with the San Antonio Spurs and after that training camp, before the season started, they actually waived me. They waived me. So they cut me from the team, basically. And I'd never been cut from a team before. So at that point, I was like, all right, I just got cut from a team. What do I do? And that's when I, you know, went over to, to China and had that opportunity. But that, that feeling of like, all right, looks like this NBA opportunity at this point is kind of done. You know, this, 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 this chapter is kind of closed in my book. Now it's time for me to reinvent myself to kind of try to go somewhere else. So that was kind of a difficult, you know, experience to try to figure out how to reinvent myself and how I can get back to being the person, the, the player that I wanted to be in a different country and I knew nothing about. Um, so that was, that was definitely difficult as well. Well, I remember watching those games with my boys and they were always so frustrated that you weren't playing, yeah. but I love that you pushed through these trials and because yeah. of it, you've had positive, great successes. Yes. I mean, China has been amazing. I love that you took something hard and bad and made it great and amazing yeah. rather than just quitting because were there points that you just wanted to quit? There was never a point where I just wanted to quit. There were points where I was really down because I love basketball. I knew that I could play at a high level and I knew that there was a place out there for me that I could succeed. I always knew that. Um, I just didn't know when I was going to find it or where it was going to be. Um, but I always had that, the mentality of like, I was going to find a spot where I needed to be. So that kept me going. That kept me driven to be like, all right, I need to work harder. I need to get better. You know, if, I, if it's if it's not working now, it will work because I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing the right things off the court, keep, keep being a good person. And I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can uh, in my training and on the court to try to get to make it right. You know what I mean? Because I've always tried, tried to make it right in, in my career. And it's been fortunate I've been able to do that. So I just kind of just pushed through. I mean, um, I got some really great advice from uh, one of my veteran players. Um, who was with me with, at Sacramento, who said, you know, this is, this is a difficult place. This is not, you know, necessarily what it's like in a lot of the NBA teams. There's a lot of transition going on, um, a lot of young players, a lot of people out to, you know, that were trying to get contracts and do different things. It was just kind of an interesting place. 
And the guy's like, this is not necessarily like most of the NBA places that you're going to play on your career. He said, just make sure that you control the things that you can control mm. and you can control your attitude. You can control your work ethic and you control if you're happy or not. And those three things is, um, I tried to really focus in on that. Like, all right, I can come in with a positive attitude every day. I can come in and work hard every single day and know that I put my, my fourth, my honest effort every day. And then I can go home and I can be happy. I can do things that make me happy with my friends, with my family, with my dog, with my kids. I can do these things. That's going to help, you know, me on the court as well to keep me in a, in a positive space. And, and it, and it helped, it worked. I mean, it, for me, that's, that really, really worked. Um, I've been able to get to a point in my career where, you know, I look back on it and like, I wish I'd known that earlier, but at the same time, I went through so much growth that I feel like I'm, I've come out on, on the other side of it and I've come out on top. And uh, so it makes me feel really, really good about that. And I want to, you know, try to share that with other people that it's important to just keep pushing through um, and have a positive mindset and mentality because you can do anything um, when you truly think that you can and you put your mind to it, you know, and, uh, you know, I think that's the, po- the, the power of a positive mindset. I love that. I love the advice to control what you can control. I mean, that's amazing. That's powerful. That works in any life situation, not just on the court. So actually, okay, so maybe you just answered my next question that I wanted to ask you, because my next question is, what advice would you give to young athletes who maybe are wanting to quit or thinking they can't do it? Because I know from having high school boys that played sports, it's tough even at the high school level. It's very competitive these days. So what advice would you give these young athletes? Yeah, no, I think that's great advice for them. You know, I think that's definitely great advice to control what you can control. Um, but I'd also try to say um, to them to really enjoy the process. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids out there that get burnt out from playing sports, and it's because either they push too hard, or the parents push them too hard, or the coaches push them too hard, or they put too much stress on themselves to try to be perfect and to get things done. Um, that's really unhealthy, um, from a, from a standpoint, you have to have supreme confidence in yourself that you can do anything that you can really go out there and and be the best or, you know, accomplish whatever goal it is that you want to accomplish. Um, not just in sports, but in anything, but, um, you need to, to definitely make sure, um, that you, um, you know, have that positive mindset at all times and, uh, just keep pushing through and, uh, enjoy being with your friends, enjoy, you know, practice, enjoy going out and playing at the park, you know, with your friends, you know, whatever sport or whatever thing that you're playing, if you can enjoy the process, you're going to become better because it's not like a job. It's like a game and you love it. You know what I mean? So because of that love, you're going to go out and you're going to play harder. You're going to try to get better at things. If you enjoy that process, then you're going to get better. For me, I loved working out. I always have. I always will. I love lifting. I love conditioning. I love playing basketball. I love the skill work of getting better. I love that process of getting better. Um, so I think if you can focus in on that, then, you know, it'll naturally come for you, you know, it naturally come for. So try to think of ways that it make it fun for yourself to go out there to make yourself get better. I think that's really important. That advice is so needed. So thank you, because there is a lot of stress and pressure on these kids. And I feel like sometimes they forget to enjoy it because of all that stress. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. So my boys, the only question they wanted me to ask you is what your future looks like with (laughs) basketball. Where are you headed? What are you doing? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, honestly, I wish I had the answer for you. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I, um, I played in China again last year in, in Shanghai, um, and I was probably set to go back there again this year. Um, but the problem was, is, is they just announced recently that they're not going to allow non-Chinese players to come over to China to play this year. And the reason being is because they're probably, they're having the Olympics, um, in, in 2022, they're having the, uh, winter Olympics over there. And that starts in like January or February. So because of that, they don't want to have anybody coming into the country that could possibly bring in COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that, they're not letting Americans go over and play in the CBA this next year, or at least until after the, the, the Olympics are over. So it kind of shut down that plan for all the players that are going to go play in the CBA. Um, so that's what we're at so far. So now we're kind of looking at every other option there is on the planet. You know, we're looking at European teams. We'll look at Australian teams. We'll look at NBA teams. We'll look at all these different teams all over the world and see, you know, where that's going to happen. But I honestly don't know because we just got this information a couple of weeks ago. So now my agent is kind of just on the prowl trying to talk with as many teams as he can um, and see what's out there. But I'll definitely be playing somewhere. We'll find a great situation wherever it is. Um, but the thing is, is as a professional athlete, you get to the point where you're just like, honestly, like, I know it's going to work itself out. I've been through this situation like 10 times now where I've had to wait all summer to figure out where I was going to play. It always works out in the end, as long as you're, you know, in good shape and prepared and the teams are still calling, which, you know, they are, there's, there's teams out there that are calling and I'll find a good situation, but I don't know where it's going to be at yet. So hopefully I'll figure it out within the next month or two. So yeah, when my boys heard that announce from China, they were like, what's Jimmer going to do? That was yeah, the big concern exactly. in the house. So yeah, like I said, once I figure it out, I'll announce, but uh, I, I honestly can't even give you like an exact lead or anything like that. I just, <laughs> no, that, I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's great. No, with your positive attitude and your hard work and all that you've done, like you said, it will work itself out and yeah. I know it will. Thank you so much for sharing all of this information today and sharing what a professional athlete's life looks like in the realm of health and nutrition, things like that. I always end my uh, podcast by asking my guests, what is the best ingredient they have found to be in life? Great. It's a great question. Um, and, uh, you know, I was prepped for it and, and knew that that was, this was coming, but, uh, you know, there's, there was, I was going through different, different things that I want to talk about. I think for me, one of the best things, one of the best ingredients in life is to find something that you're passionate about and do that every single day or as often as you can. And the reason I say that is because um, if you find something that you love, like there's a lot of times where people don't do their job as something that they love. You know, I'm fortunate enough that I do something that I love for my job and it's my passion. So I am able to do that every day, which is, which is phenomenal. But there's a lot of people that can't and don't. Um, but I feel like even outside of work, find something that is passionate with my wife is horses. She loves horses. She loves being around them. She loves riding them, whatever it is. That's her passion. She loves that. So she tries to do that at least once or twice a week to be able to, to, to make her feel good and to make her happy and to, to fulfill that part of her life. Because if she can do that, or if I can do that, or if someone else can do that and find what's passionate and do that every single day or as much as they can, they're going to be able to better be better around the people that they love 
You know what I mean? They're going to be able to feel good. So when they feel good, they're going to make their, the people around them feel good. So I think that that's really, really important, honestly, um, uh, to be able to find something you're passionate about, find something that's a gift of yours and go out and do it every day or as much as you can and try to fulfill that passion or fulfill that dream. And uh, everything in your life will, will become better for it. I love that advice. It's true. Once you fill your own bucket, then it's easier to fill others' buckets. And you've got to fill exactly. your own bucket with things yep. that you're passionate about and love. So yep. just tell my listeners where they can find you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm all over the place. I'm on social media, all the normal ones with Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and everything. I put out um, some trick shot videos every week and I put out some, you know, some videos for, um, for youth, for basketball, some basketball training videos and those two different types of things, just on my social media page, just look up Jimmer for that, um, on the social media page and it'll come up on any of the platforms and you can follow me. And, and I do, um, some strength and conditioning stuff on there and I do basketball stuff and I do some trick shots and stuff like that. And then I have a foundation that we, we have, um, have it's jimmerosity.org. You can go and check that out been helping kids and uh, doing anti-bullying programs in schools and just trying to promote kindness uh, as much as we can in the communities that we're in. And we're starting to expand and grow. It's been 10 years for that. So that's been awesome. And uh, so you can check that out as well. I have to tell you, my boys love your trick shots. They always come and try to do them. And that's pretty funny. Some of the ones that like you're trying to be a football player or something and make the basketball get into the hoop. Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I'm trying to get creative anybody has ideas you guys can dm me you know and and just i'm always looking for ideas to do trick shots my wife is the executive producer on this (laughs) she's the the brains behind it she's very good at it i just am the talent so (laughs) that's awesome my boys may be dming you then so all right perfect i love it thank you again for being here thank you for inspiring so many across the world thank you for inspiring my listeners to look at a healthier lifestyle and i really appreciate you taking the time being here No problem. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And hopefully we'll get to see you soon. Thanks Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.